Welcome to the Juice Wrestling Podcast with the Mountain Man, Spike Von Chat. To those of you that are tuning in for the first time, we talk about all the latest and greatest news going on in the world of professional wrestling. We talk about who's got the juice, who doesn't got the juice, and who is the juice in professional wrestling. And just like... Every juice. We're going to start off with some news. Now, before we get to that, uh, we're going to go over a few things today. We're going to talk about Raw, this week's Raw, this week's SmackDown. We're going to talk about all things going on in wrestling. All in, uh, Impact, Redefined, uh, the backlash of SummerSlam, NXT. It's a whole thing, Okay. We're going to get through all of it. Now, to those of you who uh, who have been following the juice or uh, listen to the juice, you notice uh, I've been taking some time off lately. Uh, the reason I've been taking some time off, my birthday and everything going on with my birthday. So I've uh, just been taking a bit of a break the last few weeks. So... You know, I was all about uh, getting the, this podcast out um, reasonably early and just due to everything going on in my life, <laughs> um, just haven't got to it. But uh, I feel better, a lot better after my birthday, and um, I'm feeling more refreshed, recharged, rejuvenated, and... Um, Ready to do this day time. So, alrighty. So let's get to a bit of news um, this week. Well, in the last week or two, um, the reveal of the WWE NXT UK Women's Championship looks pretty cool. Um, if you haven't checked it out, um, I really would if I was you. Um, also, uh, next SummerSlam. SummerSlam 2019. I don't know why everybody's talking about this. Um, it's going to be in Toronto. And I mean, you know, I think that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, you know, we're already talking about the next SummerSlam, but really? This close? Um, it's over a year away. Why? I don't, I don't know. So. Also, uh, let's see. The first two members of the MMA for Horsewomen, Jessamyn Duke and Marina Sheriff. Sheriff. <laughs> I know I'm so, I'm slaughtering that name. Forgive me. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, made their WWE in-ring debut alongside uh, Shayna Baszler at last night's NXT live event in Largo, Florida. They faced Diona Perrazzo, Kyrie Zane, and Io Shirai. So. Uh, let's see what else. What else we got going on this week? Oh, we're also going to talk about Kevin Owens quitting WWE. Is it a shoot? Is it for real? Or is it a shoot? Is it for real? Is it a shoot? Is it a work? Who knows? We'll find out. Um, what else is going on? Oh, Raw's viewership this week is down seven percent from last week. Uh, the week after SummerSlam, it was at 2.877 million viewers, and this week it's down 7% to from or little. Uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, last week's was 3.095. This week it's 2.877. And if you watch Raw and SmackDown on a weekly, you'll notice that that's kind of a pattern after the pay per view. Pay per view. That first SmackDown, that first Raw, it's probably the highest viewership of the entire month. 
And then every week after that, it slowly goes down and down and down until we get to the next pay-per-view. And then we get a spike. And then it continues to go down. All righty. Also, SmackDown's viewership was only down 3.6%. Last week, it was at 2.437 million viewers now uh this week it's at 2.350 which is in my opinion that's not really a big drop unlike uh raw so um if you haven't heard if you haven't been paying attention um maybe you don't know maybe you didn't hear about it but maybe you did neville uh was officially released this week, uh, well, in the last week and a half, two weeks, um, from his WWE contract, according to Dave Meltzer. Neville tried to get his release a while ago, but WWE didn't want to set a precedent where wrestlers could walk out and then sign with other companies like New Japan, Ring Honor, which is where it was expected he was going. So WWE chose to freeze his contract Meltzer reports that there is no non-compete clause in effect, which means that he is now free to appear for any company right now. That will lead to speculation about All In, but nobody has confirmed anything yet. Coincidentally enough, right around the time this news came out, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks were talking about it on social media. About Neville. So who knows? Stay tuned because I'm going to also be doing a review of All In. Which I'm really excited for. And uh, uh, that's going to be one of the things I talk about today. One of the big topics I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about All In. Talking about uh, a little bit of uh, Impact Redefined. And the backlash of that. Uh, I'm going to touch on Raw. Even though Raw was... It was Raw, and my show, my favorite wrestling show, SmackDown, okay? Now, here at The Juice, I think I need to say something. Maybe you listen to other wrestling podcasts, and there are a lot of wrestling podcasts out there, and some of them are overly happy, overly Oh, the product is just brilliant. It's just amazing. There's no problems with it at all. And then there are other podcasts out there that just think that uh, the entire WWE product is nothing but fucking crap. Me, kind of in the middle. So when you tune in to hear it, the juice, I'm going to tell you all the good and all the bad. Okay, I'm not going to just harp on all the negative things or all the things that could be better. But at the same time, the WWE product as a whole is not perfect. So, I give you the reality here. I give you the truth here at the Jews. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit for nobody. Okay, but at the same time, I'm not going to be the type of podcast where I'm going to get up here and everything that the WWE puts out is complete shit. Not calling anybody out or any other podcast or anything. I like to talk about both because I believe that wrestling is much like life, that it's not all bad, but it's not all good. So, also, um, uh, on another positive, well, on a positive note, today is Jeff Hardy, Mickey James, And Ember Moon's birthday. Exactly one week after me. So, uh, and uh, on my birthday uh, was Rocky Johnson, the uh, Rock's dad, and Vince McMahon's birthday. So all three of us. Oh, and uh, Dave Chappelle. So, Um, and I think Reggie Miller. Yeah. I think Reggie Miller, yeah. Seems like when I was like 20, 21 years old, I remember reading it was... August 24th was Reggie Miller's birthday as well. Seems like I read that somewhere. So, 
All righty. Now that we've <laughs> now that we've got the news out of the way, let's talk about Raw this week. Let's talk about Raw. If you've been listening to the juice, you know how I feel about Roman Reigns. Um, I am not the biggest fan of Roman Reigns. And at the same time, I believe that before SummerSlam, I couldn't stand Roman Reigns. And I thought he was nothing but a whiny little bitch. Oh, I I should be the universal champion. And No. No, 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 no. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Just give it time. And you will overcome. And in the midst of the debacle, well, not the debacle, because SummerSlam was probably one of the best pay-per-views of the year. One of the best, okay? And when I get down, when I start talking about SmackDown, you'll understand what I'm talking about because I'm gonna I'm gonna touch up on SummerSlam when I get to that. But in the midst of SummerSlam, Roman Reigns became the Universal Champion. Now I know that there's a lot of us out there. There's a lot of people out there that um, aren't really the biggest fan of Roman Reigns, and it seems to be. And and the the weird thing is. I'm not going to spend too long on this because I really could go on a whole rant about this whole thing, but um, I'd rather not. But I feel that there, there's too much. There's, there's too much of people out there that will, will cater to Roman Reigns. And I feel like there's too many people out there that don't see it for what it is, okay? And and I'll explain what I'm talking about. We have a large group of fans, and this is something I want you to pay attention to the next time you watch Raw, okay? There's something I've noticed in the last few weeks of Monday Night Raw that is kind of funny. The uh, The week after SummerSlam. There was a guy in the front row in the aisleway where the wrestlers walk up that was wearing a Roman sucks t-shirt, okay? Now, I don't know if there's like a website or something that, that has these shirts or if WWE is purposely planting. Now, you would think to yourself... With WWE's uh, raging hard-on for Roman Reigns. Now, keep in mind, I think that Roman is okay as a wrestler. I think his mic skills desperately need some work. And his finisher needs some work. He also needs some new entrance music and a new entrance and, and, and entirely. I think that if, if WWE would take off the restraints from Roman Reigns, that... He could possibly get over. He could possibly be the wrestler that we all expect him to be and we all think he can be. But I really feel like they're trying to push Roman in this very sympathetic, like, I'm the people's champion. I'm a uh, uh, proto-Daniel Bryan-esque character. And... It doesn't work, in my opinion, okay? Ever since I started watching wrestling when I was a little kid, um, wrestlers need to be genuine. They need to have a rapport with the audience if you're a babyface. If you're a heel, you just go out there and just uh, piss them off the best that you can. Do diabolical, slithery, sneaky type of behavior. And Roman seems to go out there week after week and get booed. And people in the wrestling community, but no, 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 let me rephrase that. 
people from WWE who are affiliated with WWE, Jim Ross, Stone Cold, Christian Edge, all the uh, Jericho, all these guys that do podcasts, okay? One of the things I noticed, and one of the things I noticed about when they do interviews with, with other wrestlers, everybody always says how good of a worker Roman is. Now, keep in mind, I'm not going to go on a too terribly long rant about this, but it's something that I need to point out. I feel like you have the fans on one side that, that for the most part, don't really like Roman, except little kids and mothers. That seems to be like a thing. If you look in the crowd, the women are chanting, the women are, are, are cheering, and so are the kids. But the men, for the most part, we think he's trash, okay? But back to my point. Whenever he walks to the ring, Last week, it was a guy in, in the aisleway, and this time, it was to the barricade to the right of the announce table. Another guy looks very similar to the guy that was on last week wearing a Roman Sucks t-shirt. And so, my thought process is, is this... Is this a plant? Are they are WWE planting either this guy or somebody with a Roman sucks t-shirt? Now you think to yourself, well, if they're trying to get Roman over, why would they do that? And I thought to myself the same thing. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so if they're not planting him, how is it? And it's it, it's not like there are two different shirts. It's, it's like, and, and especially the person in the crowd that's wearing this, they seem to look very similar. So I don't know if it's one guy who's going to these Monday Night Raws every week just to hate on Roman, or if, because it seems to me it's just too coincidental. It's the same shirt, and the guy who's wearing the shirt Looks very similar. Maybe it's the same guy. Maybe it's not. But I know, and I and I know to everybody who's listening to this, you're like, "Mom, man, why are you going on and on and on about this guy in this Roman sucks shirt?" Because there's something I don't know. I can't put my finger on. There's something that that I don't know. It just it doesn't sit well with me. Like there's something going on. And it's like there's, you know, it's like if you're you're sitting at the dinner table and you feel like something's out of place, or if you're in the office or or wherever, and you feel like everything's the same as it was the last time you were there, but there's something different, but you can't put your finger on. And it's like I don't know. There's this feeling like, why is that? Why is that a thing? So whatever. Point is. So Roman comes to the ring, right? Once again, taking 20 years to get to the ring. And the funny thing is, this is this is a funny thing. Um, I was watching this, uh, I was watching this like every week. I, I watch uh, Mon- Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown um, with my daughter's mother. And I remember when Raw started and I heard Roman's theme music, I went to go run to the bathroom and get get some coffee. I remember specifically, she asked me, she was like, oh, don't you want me to pause it? And I was like, nah, because I'm literally going to go to the bathroom, grab some coffee, you know, put some milk and honey and shit in my coffee. Because I, I drink my coffee with honey because I don't, I don't really drink my coffee with regular sugar anymore because trying to cut back on the sugar and shit. But, I remember walking and she was like, oh, don't you want me to pause it? And I'm like, no, because by the time I go to the bathroom, get my coffee and come back, he'll still be on his way to the ring. 
Because why? And I know everybody's going to be like, why are you harping on the fact that Roman Reigns takes so long to get to the ring? Because I don't think in the history of me watching wrestling, past, present, and then possibly future, there has ever been any human being that took so long just to get to the ring. I remember being a little kid and the the ultimate warrior would run to the ring. He would sprint straight to the ring. But this guy takes like 20 years, whatever, whatever. So, so this week, Roman comes out to the ring and we have this conversation between him and Braun. And what we end up getting basically is a match at Hell in a Cell where Braun Strowman will cash in his money in the bank. He gave his money in the bank briefcase to Baron Corbin, the newly minted, newly appointed acting general manager of Raw. And during this conversation, we get Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre who should be the rightful universal champion. Just saying. And we get an announcement of a tag team match, and especially Baron Corbin going on about, oh! And I'm, I just I, I, I just get the biggest cringe face when, when I hear stupid shit like that. Following following that uh, atrocity, we get Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor, part seven or eight, or I don't even know how many times they've wrestled now. It seems like a weekly thing, which one of the things I think that hurts Raw every single week is the three-hour format. I really do. And I really think that it being as long as it is, is just, it's grueling. By the time you get to that third hour, you're like, fucking kill me by now. Just fucking kill me. Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Because I feel like this three-hour format, like, there are matches throughout Raw that you could literally just fast-forward through and be fine with. Oh. Uh, that was the other thing I wanted to say about this whole Roman thing. Before uh, before we continue with the Raw review, I just want to say that it's a strict dynamic between people who are affiliated with wrestling, who work in wrestling, are commentators, whatever, 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 podcasters, and the fans that watch the product. And especially... You got guys like Jim Ross and, and Chris Jericho and all these guys that just talk about how great of a worker Roman is. They're all, oh, yeah, I don't know why the fans don't like Roman Reigns. He's such a great worker, you know. Great, great worker. Works great, you know. Great athlete. Great, you know, just in the ring. Great worker. And I think to myself, like, you are all full of shit. And I think it's to a point where I don't even think they believe the bullshit that they're saying. Here's a good example. Here's a good example. Okay? Why I think this, why I feel this, is because of this exact thing. When any of these wrestlers or podcasters or commentators will talk about any other wrestler, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan, you know, he's got this great feud with Miz and <clears throat> great in-ring stuff. And you can tell that there's a sense of excitement. You can tell there is a sense of, of wanting to talk about it. Whereas when they talk about Roman Reigns, okay, we're talking Stone, we're talking Stone Cold Steve Austin, we're talking Jim Ross, Chris Jericho, Edge, Christian, okay. Anybody who does podcasts or talks about wrestling, it's like they know, they know deep down that Roman Reigns is trash, okay? Now, is Roman Reigns a lost cause? No. No. 
No one is a fucking lost cause. Okay? He's like a, a beat-up old jalopy. Like a beat-up old pickup truck. Okay? He needs some work done to him. He needs a makeover. He needs some work done. And he could be great. But I feel like WWE keeps pushing the old jalopy. He needs new entrance music because using the old shield music or new shield music, whatever. The shield music, basically, the only difference between the original shield theme song or the, you know, the theme song that the shield comes out to now versus Roman Reigns is the, 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 the helicopter sound and the echo Lima, whatever, whatever, whatever bullshit in the beginning. Oh, no, 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 no. It would be Sierra hotel, India, echo, uh, Lima Delta. Yeah. For all those at home, um, I'm prior military. Okay. Did three years in the military, did um, 10 months in Iraq. So it just took me a second for my brain to realize that they were spelling out the shield with military alphabet, which I don't entirely know why. I don't entirely know why they use that military-esque motif when there's nothing about them that's military, whatever. Okay, I'm digressing from my point. I'm getting distracted. I don't think that Roman Reigns is lost cause, and especially now that he has the universal title. I'm saying to everyone across the board, whether you're a wrestler, podcaster, whatever, or you're a fan of wrestling, I say we go into this with an open mind, okay? And I say that we need to change some things about Roman, okay? I don't hate him, but he irritates me. Okay, change the theme music. Okay, maybe change his look a bit. Give him some better finish. Because his in-ring style isn't bad. But his finishers are the spear and the Superman punch. And I'm just, I'm tired of seeing that. Reinvent yourself. The Undertaker did it. The Undertaker had the whole dead man persona. Came back as the biker. Came back as the American badass, added the Hell's Gate, added the uh, Last Ride, which he didn't even need to. He didn't even fucking need to. The Undertaker had glorious moves before he came back. But he still did it anyways because that's the type of superstar The Undertaker is. And all I'm saying is change. Give him, you can even keep those dumbass finishers and just give them some new ones give them a, i know and i know everybody at home says turn them heel turn them heel you can turn them heel whatever i don't give a shit but give them some new finishers give them some new entrance music and a new entrance give them a whole makeover for christ's sakes and i think Work on, and this is the most important thing, probably. Getting, get him some work on the mic or get him a manager. You know, maybe team him with Paul Heyman. Maybe get him a Selena Vega. Somebody who can actually do the mic stuff for him. Whatever. Okay. Moving forward. Because I could literally go on and on and on and on about that. So then we get this dumbass... Re- rematch between Baron Corbin and Finn Balor in which the match ends with a disqualification in which Baron Corbin says, oh, I forgot to say that uh, it was a no disqualification. Hits him with the chair, gets the pin. It was fucking retarded. Um, I could have dealt without that. Then we get a segment uh, about everybody weighing in on Triple H and The Undertaker, which... I think the triple. I think Triple H versus the Undertaker is going to be a good match at the Super Show. I'm excited to see it. Love the Undertaker. Always have. Always will. And his rivalry with the with Triple H is legendary. 
And so it's going to be exciting to see that, even though a lot of people out there are like, oh, Undertaker, oh, why don't you just retire, blah, 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 fuck your face. Listen, uh, The Undertaker will always be the best. Him and my, him and Ric Flair, in my opinion, are the best ever. But I digress. Then we get some, uh, then we get Dana Brooke versus Sasha Banks, in which we get a segment backstage with her and Titus Catering or Titus Worldwide, Titus, whatever. And trying to prep her for her match. She ain't had a match in months, which she didn't look too bad. The match was all right. In which uh, Sasha Banks beat her. That's not surprising. Then we get the Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens match, in which Seth Rollins comes out to a rounding applause. Which, in my opinion, Seth Rollins should be the guy, but whatever. And we get a great match with Kevin Owens. Was probably one of the best of the week. Um, I dare say that this match and uh, Andrade Cien Almas versus Daniel Bryan was the best matches of the week. I would give it to Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens only because... There was a title on the line, even though both matches were superb. Absolutely loved them. But uh, I'll get to the whole Andrade, Daniel Bryan thing when I start talking about SmackDown. In which Seth Rollins beats Kevin Owens and retains the Intercontinental title. In which one of the most talked about things in wrestling right now is Kevin Owens quitting. I don't know if this is a work or if it's a shoot or if it's real or if it's fake, but to be honest, I, I think I think Kevin Owens needs a break. I think uh, him being put thrown off uh, a forty-five foot ladder and being thrown off a cage, um, I think he needs some time off. I, I really do. And at the same time, I kind of think it would have been better to give him the Intercontinental Championship. But, whatever. We move on from that to Braun Strowman giving Baron Corbin the Money in the Bank briefcase and cashing it in at Hell in a Cell, which should be interesting. We move from that to the dead tag team division, of the Revival versus the B-Team, and you knew the Revival was going to win in order to do what? Keep the rivalry somewhat fresh. Even though the B-Team and the Revival, the Revival should have won the damn tag team titles at SummerSlam. Why we've had two matches, literally like, to back and the rival still doesn't have the tag team championships beats the shit out of me i can't stand the b team's new theme song i think it's fucking trash i liked what they had before i don't know if they're trying to bury the b team or just annoy the shit out of the fans i don't know what the fuck but the rival talking about how they're gonna re revitalize the tag team division i hope they do because i don't really feel like the tag team division is dead on Monday Night Raw, and I, I really don't give a shit or care about watching it. And I don't like that feeling. We follow that up with um, Elias. And Elias and Trish Stratus. I could have fell asleep during this whole segment, really. The banter back and forth between Elias and Trish Stratus was borderline snoozeworthy. The, the mad shit talking between both of them, I, I could have lived without. We follow that up with Ronda coming to the ring, Natalia coming to the ring, Alexa come to the, coming to the front, and a match between uh, Alicia Fox and Natalia. Natalia wins. Come on. You already knew how that was going to fucking go. Follow that up with Bobby Lashley versus The Ascension, which... The Ascension, a once great tag team, are now just overly hyped jobbers, which another great tag team fall into the wayside. 
Um, we follow we follow that up with Dean Ambrose and oh man, I'm already getting exhausted just talking about this. Facing Jinder Mahal, and we knew Dean Ambrose was going to kick his ass. And then Braun, and one of the most, uh, I guess, weirdest matches of the week. Which I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm confused about. Um, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns against Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. And the match started off good. But once Roman made the tag to Braun, he just kind of stood there on the apron, frozen. And it was at this point to the rest of the match where I was fucking confused. Because before Roman makes the tag, the whole match, Braun just can't wait to get in there. He's got the hot tag. He's got the hot tag. Then he gets tagged in and doesn't really do shit, just stands on the apron, and then he gets in the ring, and then him, Dolph, and Drew beat on Roman Reigns, and then you knew Seth and Dean were going to come out and help him, and then they all get laid to waste, and then we got Braun Strowman. Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre in the ring with their hands raised high. Which uh, I'm I'm assuming, I'm figuring that this is signifying a Braun Strowman heel turn, but I really don't think it's going to work. But whatever. And that was Monday Night Raw this week. Boring, uneventful, and I just, I really could have done without it. Really could have done without it. Now, let's get to SmackDown. Okay, SmackDown, <laughs> on the other hand, I love SmackDown. SmackDown is my wrestling show. Now, a lot of you out there, uh, maybe you don't like SmackDown, or maybe uh, you do nothing but find things wrong with it. Me, I, I think of... Raw and SmackDown every week is like night and day. Raw gives us a shit show with a few decent segments, where SmackDown gives us a good show with a few segments that uh, are okay. Okay? What do I mean by all this? We start off with the New Day and Book T. New Day and Book T. And this uh, five-time championship celebration in which uh, we get all we get Book T and all three members of the New Day uh, doing the Spin Rooney, which I thought was hilarious. See, the humor on SmackDown is different than the humor on Raw, in my opinion. I feel like the, the humor on SmackDown is more genuine and every single tuesday i look forward to smackdown what is our great smackdown show going to give us that raw obviously doesn't and so we get the new day coming to the ring with pancakes and this big five-time celebration there was even uh there was an e- there was <laughs> there was even at one point when King Booker knighted the New Day with uh, Xavier, the Wise, Coffee, the Brave, and then Big E was just Big E and Big E uh, utterly uh, joking with. Booker T saying, uh, my liege, don't I get a cool name like the rest of them? And he's like, oh, you already do. You got Big E. So move on from that to the bar, the club, and the colognes in their number one contender spot, a triple threat tag team tournament. We got one this week and one next week. 
And in this, we had the bar step away with the win with the New Day on commentary, which in my opinion, the New Day on commentary is more exciting than any commentary team they've got on WWE. I don't know why you just don't make them the commentary team. They're more exciting and more um, entertaining to listen to and watch than uh, Corey Graves, Tony uh, uh, Byron Saxton, and uh, Tom Phillips. So we move on uh, from that to the bar going to that announce table where the New Day was and throwing pancakes on the ground, which they were breaking man law. Okay, uh, if you want to understand more about what man law is, check out my other podcast, What Is That? And uh, you'll get a good explanation as to what I mean by all that. Well, we move on from that to uh, the segment with Jeff Hardy uh, painting or doing his face turn with the RKO painted on the side of his face and then uh jeff coming out to the ring talking about how randy orton made him believe he could fly randy orton coming out saying you're back and uh i'm not finished with you and then him saying that the three most you can refer to me as the three most dangerous letters in all of wrestling RK and then Randy uh, Jeff Hardy interrupting him with an RK no. So, and them announcing that we're going to get a Hell in a Cell match between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, which should be exciting. On the women's side, we got uh, Carmella talking about the prestige of the princess and all her trash mouth having asses. Um, our truth coming on the scene with Ty Dillinger talking about how the truth shall shit you free. Follow that up with Naomi versus Billy Kay. Billy Kay getting the win with Peyton Royce, uh, kicking Naomi through the ropes and her getting the roll up and the pinfall. Um, I'm going to talk about how you can fix, how you can make the women's division on SmackDown really awesome um, after I finish with this here SmackDown review. Um, Because I got some things that need to be said about the women's division. So, we go from that to Daniel Bryan and Bree in the ring talking about how Miz is a very poor actor and about how Daniel Bryan uh, loved the fact that (laughs) That Bree punched Miz in the face. He thought it was hot. Um, I think we all did, kind of did. And then we get Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega coming to the ring, saying that uh, it's it's pretty awesome to be standing in a ring with Hall of Famers like Brie Bella and Andrade Cien Almas. And <laughs> how. Zelina Vega was talking about being the breathtaking, deal-making El Mojito. El Ma, El Ma, I don't even know how the fuck to say it. <laughs> La Mineta. La, whatever the fuck that means. And uh, Andrade speaking Spanish in the damn ring, which I don't mind him speaking Spanish. That's cool. Uh, but at least put some fucking subtitles up, son. Like, uh, I don't... I mean, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but I didn't pick up on any of that shit. And that shit was like, he said that shit fast as fuck. Whatever. In which, uh, the the match, the other match of the week was Daniel Bryan versus Andrade Cien Almas. And in the midst of all this uh, smack talking and shit in the ring, Daniel Bryan says, uh, you know, if I was still SmackDown general manager, this would be a match that I would go ahead and make. But... He wasn't able to do that because apparently Paige was on the other end of the building in her office, and she shows up and says, uh, it's hard working, or it's hard walking um, in these high heels, which, uh, hey, I get that. I mean, uh, you know, I I wouldn't imagine. But here's an idea. Maybe, uh, Maybe not wear heels. I'm just saying, you know. You don't have to wear heels. 
in which we get a brilliant match with Daniel Bryan and Andrade Cien Almas. And um, in the midst of this match, in at the end of this match, which was one of my favorites of the week, I thought it was really, really good. I thought Andrade Cien Almas, and you, you know, if you've been stay, uh, if you've been listening to, he, to the juice, you'll know that uh, I have nothing, and I mean nothing, but good things to say about Andrade Cien Almas. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. One of the best wrestlers on in all of WWE. He's wrestled all over the world. He's just an incredible wrestler. He he wrestled in an incredible match a few weeks ago with AJ Styles and now Daniel Bryan. And every if you haven't got it by now, if you don't know by now, then your ass better call somebody. Almas is the truth, okay? I really, 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 if WWE is listening, just saying, I would love to see Andrade Cien Almas versus Shinsuke Nakamura at Hell in a Cell. Now, granted, to all of you at home, you're like, Mountain Man, they ain't going to do that. They ain't going to put a heel against a heel. Uh, they'll put a heel against a baby face, but they won't put a heel against a heel. I know. I get it. I know. It'd be, it'd be too good of an opportunity. It'd be too good of a chance for Shinsuke to turn back baby face, okay, and get that baby face Shinsuke Nakamura like he was in New Japan, like he was on NXT, like he was when he sh- first showed up on the main roster. That would be too awesome. It would be too good. But I digress. So we get that. And just as uh, Daniel Bryan puts the yes lock on Andrade seeing almost, we get Zelina Vega on the apron. Brie Bella shows up, pulls her off. And then Maris... Um, or Maris, Maurice comes out of nowhere and attacks Bree. And Miz comes in the ring and attacks Daniel Bryant. We get the yes lock put on him. And we get this hell of a segment where we've got Andrade and Zelina and Miz and Maurice attacking Daniel and Bree. Glorious moment, one of the best. Moments, one of the best segments in all of wrestling this week. I thought it was really, really well done. And I love the feuds that they got going on SmackDown. I really, 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 really do. I wish Raw could be more like SmackDown. I wish the same people who were working on SmackDown would work on Raw and and set up Raw like SmackDown because I absolutely love what I know I keep saying it, but... I do. We've got this glorious Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton feud going on, which I absolutely love. We got this Miz and Daniel Bryan thing going on in which now we've brought the wives into the mix, keeping it fresh, keeping it interesting, and then throw in Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas, make it even more epic and adding a different dimension to the story. We've got Samoa Joe, the best heel in all of wrestling. I don't give a fuck what you're watching because Samoa Joe is the best heel in wrestling. The best on SmackDown, the best. Like, I know a lot of you out there are like, oh, but Mountain Man, what about that Tommaso Ciampa? He's a really good. No, son. Tommaso Ciampa's good. But he is not on that Samoa Joe level. If, if I had to rank the three best heels, all of wrestling right now, it would be Samoa Joe, Tommaso Ciampa, and Tamatanga and Tangaloa from New Japan. Okay, especially if you watch the G1 climax. 
and, and you've seen all the shit that, that, that the Tongas fucked up and destroyed in, in the G1. It was fucking brilliant. If you get a chance, go check out the fucking G1, bro. Seriously. Okay. But I digress. I still got more to get through, so I got to move this along. Samoa Joe cutting the best promos, doing the best in-ring work stuff. One of the best rivalries, one of the best feuds in all of wrestling right now and in all of 2018. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. And um, I just got my AJ Styles shirt in the mail the other day, and I'm super fucking stoked. I got the one that says, uh, um, this is the house that AJ Styles built. But it's like the baby blue one instead of the black. It's really cool. I, I'm super stoked. I got it in the mail. Um, I love I love all the merchandise and shirts and shit I get from WWE.com. Um, this is not a <laughs> before I go any further. I need to, I think I need to say this. This is not a sponsored podcast. But um, when I like something or I'm excited about something or something is good, I, I will put it out there. So. Um, moving forward, like I said, one of the best segments all week. And when it comes to the best match of the week, it's really, really hard to decide whether it was Seth Rollins versus, uh, Kevin Owens or Andrade versus Daniel Bryan. So we follow that up with a cringe, 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 cringe worthy, the most cringeworthy moment of the week. Charlotte Flair talking about how and who deserves what in wrestling and shit, which I really just wanted to punch this bitch in the face because she's fucking trash, and I can't stand Charlotte Flair. Number one, this piece of garbage... Now, I know you're going to say, well, Mountain Man, you used to have nothing but good things to say about Charlotte. Yeah, I used to. And then she gets out with the most ridiculous, 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 ridiculous wrestling injury in the history of wrestling, a popped breast implant in which it was silicone leaking in her fucking back. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, you you can listen to my previous juice, and I and I go on. I've went on a good twenty minute rant about that. I'm not gonna do that today. I got too much shit to cover. And she comes out out of the blue, out of the blue, mind you. After Becky was getting attacked by Carmella, um, helps Becky out, and then all of a sudden she gets a match with Carmella at the end of SmackDown. And if she wins, she's added to the card at SummerSlam? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? She didn't deserve shit. She's been out for for months. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just comes back and gets a title shot. And then she wants to say how, um, oh, I wasn't just going to turn over. I wasn't just going to lay over for anybody. No, number one. You could have waited till hell in a cell. This is, okay. Listen, okay, I was, I was just about to get angry. I was just about to lose my fucking mind. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Listen, this is how things could have gone. It could have gone Becky, Carmella, SummerSlam. Becky walks out with the title. And guess what? You... Since you've been out and you don't deserve a title shot, Becky could have given you a title shot of hell in a cell. Because it's going to happen anyways. But because you wanted to stick your fucking blonde-haired nose in what you didn't deserve and what didn't belong to you and what you didn't earn... And Becky had that match won until you came out of the nowhere with the, um, oh, shit, what did she hit her with? Um, oh, shit, I can't remember what the move she hit her with. But pinned her for the one, two, three. Becky had Carmella in the bat, uh, in the disarmor. She had this thing won.
So, and you wouldn't have lost your best friend. So, the most cringeworthy segment of the entire week of wrestling goes to Charlotte for being a hypocrite. So, we follow that up with our glorious WWE champion, AJ Styles, rising above the craziness, rising above um, Samoa Joe and his antics, in which we get Samoa Joe backstage on the phone with Wendy Styles, talking about some cookout, some barbecue shit, and uh, saving him a plate, in which AJ Styles completely loses it and goes backstage looking for him. And he can't find him. Then we get, uh, which which I'm glad it was only 10 minutes. Uh, well, no, let me, let me finish my thought. Um, we are going to get a rematch at Hell in a Cell with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. I think that's one of the biggest matches I'm looking forward to this year. It's going to be really, really, really good. And I, I love all the work that Samoa Joe and AJ Styles have done. And in my opinion, and to all of you out there, you, you already know, um, Shinsuke Nakamura is my absolute favorite wrestler in all of wrestling. Wrestling today, you know, I mean, other than The Undertaker, but he always has a special place in my heart. But this is the type of feud, this is the type of rivalry, this is what we should have gotten with Shinsuke and AJ I don't know why they dropped the ball on this, but I'm just glad to see Samoa Joe and AJ putting on the show, putting on a great feud. It's personal. It's everything that wrestling is about, everything good, everything wonderful, everything must see when it comes to a wrestling program or a wrestling match or a wrestling feud, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles are doing. So... And then we end with Carmella versus Charlotte, in which we get Charlotte winning again, and Becky attacks her and says, uh, come hell in a cell. Uh, Come hell in a cell. I'm taking my title back, you bitch. Now, a lot of you out there who've been watching this Becky Charlotte, uh, Becky Charlotte Carmella feud, you know, you know how on fire Becky's been. And a lot of people are speculating, and the big controversy is is Becky a heel? Has she made a heel turn? Now, if you've been listening to The Juice, I talked about this a few months ago. There was an issue between Sasha and Bailey on Raw. And I said it then. I was like, turn Bailey heel. And if you've been watching wrestling as long as I have, you'll already know that the best heels are those that were once a baby face and it's it's like the polarities just shift so with that being said i thought it would have been a brilliant idea and it would have been a great way to revamp and revitalize bailey but no you know what we got fucking friendship counseling and now they're the boss and hug connection and I couldn't be any more bored. Now on the other flip end of things, we've got Charlotte and Becky who are going through the same type of shit. In which I think we're getting a Becky heel turn. I hope so. I hope we get a real last kicker, a Brutal last kicker. I really do. And I'm loving Becky's work. I'm loving her mic skills. 
I'm loving where she's going, where her character's going, where this rivalry is going with her and Charlotte. And I, I can't wait for Hell in a Cell. I can't wait for Becky to walk out the champion. Even though, and I've said this before, and I've said this for the last few months, our SmackDown Women's Champion should have been Asuka, but because of WWE's utter love for blondes, we didn't get that. I don't have any fucking clue why, but that's that. Now, uh, so... Overall, uh, I loved SmackDown this week. Raw was trash. Uh, a few spots that weren't completely regurgitated from last week. Um, but other than that, uh, I think there's a good hour of the show that I could literally just not watch and um, I'd be good. So, um, Oh, that reminds me. Impact redefined uh, to end the show today. I know I wanted to go on and talk about all in and how historical and awesome this is going to be, but uh, I think I'll just save it for tomorrow because I'm already pushing an hour and uh, I know how the attention span of human beings nowadays can be. <laughs> um, big takeaways from Impact redefined. We have a new Impact Women's Champion. Uh, it, not Impact Women's Champion, Impact Knockouts Champion in Tessa Blanchard. Um, if you ain't watching Impact Wrestling, number one, I feel bad for you. Number two, um, the women's division uh, in Impact Wrestling is lit. Okay, it it's really really good. I love Sue Young. Um, I love the Undead Bridesmaids. I love this whole Undead bride thing she comes out to the ring with this cool like ring style face paint and the blood and the mandible claw and and especially the kendo stick um absolutely love sue young and especially tessa blanchard tessa blanchard third generation superstar set third generation wrestler her 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 grandpa and her dad magnum ta and uh tony blanchard um She's incredible in the ring. Um, why WWE was stupid enough not to sign her after the Mae Young Classic last year? Um, scratching my head as to why the fuck um, you haven't signed her. Um, you've got Deanna Perrazzo, but yet you ain't got Tessa Blanchard. Beats the shit out of me. You got fucking trash like Dakota Kai and Aaliyah. Even while well, Amy, no, Aaliyah is, is beautiful, but... Um, in the ring, they're both fucking trash. You got these trash wrestlers, but yet you've got a superstar like Tessa Blanchard, who I dare say is one of the best women in the fucking world when it comes to wrestling. Um, her in-ring style, her heel, um, her heel style, her 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 in-ring antics, like fucking brilliant. And so she just won the Impact Women's Championship. I can't wait to see her rematch with Sue Young. It's going to be lit. And then the other big takeaway was uh, we had uh, Austin Aries, the Impact Men's Champion, uh, against uh, Eddie Edwards. And then we had Killer Cross on the outside of the ring. And then we had Moose show up, and which most people thought Moose was going to be there for Eddie Edwards. He jumps in the ring and almost strangles Austin Aries and then spears Eddie Edwards. And apparently, Killer Cross, uh, Austin Aries, and Moose uh, are starting a faction or a team or some shit. And they grabbed Eddie Edwards, pulled him outside the ring, put a fucking chair over his head, hit him in the face with a fucking chair. Like, the heavyweight division has been all right lately. But I think with this new faction, with this turn of events, Moose turn and heel, I think things are going to get really, really, really interesting moving forward on Impact. So those were the two big takeaways from Impact Redefined. I mean, there was other stuff going on, but it just, just didn't hit my radar, in my opinion. So with that being said, 
Thank you so much for joining me today. I am the Mountain Man, Spike Manchato. Stay tuned for my all-in review, and stay tuned next week. Um, I promise. <laughs> I promise. I'm going to have my Raw and SmackDown review out earlier. Just getting back into the swing of things, okay? We're getting this boat floating. We're getting this thing moving further and further. So, I'm the Mountain Man, Spike Manchato. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I'll see you next time. Keep the juice flowing, baby.